I'll admit that verse is a little hard to believe. It's a difficult verse. We don't always get all our prayers answered, do we? I'm reminded of some of the math classes I had to take, and I enjoyed math, but they always started the same way. You learned some of the basics. You got a formula that didn't make much sense to you, but you learned that formula, and then you learned a few other basics and maybe another formula or two. And then at the end of the chapter, there were problems. And you took that sample problem, and you applied all those formulas to it, and you got an answer, and you said, that's kind of handy. Now I understand it. Now that's about what we're going to do this morning. We're going to study a few verses, put them in the memory bank, see if we can get those figured out, and then we'll do a problem with them and see if it works. I think it'll come out pretty handy if we do what we're supposed to. The first verse, the first formula we want to look at is Genesis 8:22. I printed it on your handout for you. When things began, God said this. He said, while the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night shall not cease. Now, that's the little off topic, but that's the only verse you need to quit worrying about climate change or global warming or global cooling or whatever man's dreamed up right now, uh, that verse says that you don't need to worry about it. So if you've been sleepless at night because you're driving the wrong car and you think you're going to kill the polar bears, go to Genesis 8.22. In that one, God says, I got this. I'm going to keep things running just fine until I decide to end all of it. Uh, But that's not what that verse is about for us today, but that's true. Uh, The important part of that verse, and the reason I picked it, is because he talked about seed time and harvest. He said this principle will always work. And all through the Bible you find that. From Genesis 8.22, where he said, seed time and harvest will work forever. You get Jesus talking, you get the apostles talking about planting and harvesting. About sowing and reaping. So much of the, the Bible brings that picture in. Especially in our relationship to God and our relationship to others and all that. Over and over, the Bible uses this principle of seed time and harvest. Use it to illustrate a number of different things. But let's start with that principle. Seed time and harvest is a principle of God, and it works. All right, let's go to verse 2. Matthew 17, 20, the one that was just read for you. It's in the middle of kind of a strange story about some demons that the apostles couldn't cast out and all that. But the important part is Jesus' little statement there in the second part of 17, 20. He says, if you have faith like a mustard seed, if you have faith like a mustard seed, you can move mountains. Now, literal mountains, I think, yes, he meant that. Uh, As with all requests and all prayers and all things, it's got to be in God's will. 
And God put the mountains where he wanted them, so I don't think he really wants us to move a literal one. And even though it might be possible, it certainly applies to other mountains in our life. There's lots of mountains in life, aren't there? Sickness is a mountain. Death is a mountain. Family crises are mountains. Rebellious children are mountains. On and on we run into these mountains, and we can go back to this verse, and Jesus said, I I can move that mountain for you. I can help you get around that, over that. It'll be like it's not there. I don't know if it's true or legend, but I read one time about the great General Hannibal that came to attack Italy and got to the Swiss Alps, and he looked at them, and his men were afraid. They said, we can't get over that. We can't do it. We've got to turn around and go back. Hannibal said, we see no mountains. Forward march. He just said, we're going to handle this. We'll get over them. Maybe that's what Jesus meant here about moving mountains. But the, the, the part we want today is the faith like a mustard seed. Anybody ever see a mustard seed? All of you eat mustard. Well, not all of you eat mustard, but some of you do. You ever see a mustard seed? My wife got a necklace with a mustard seed in it. She, she got it from her grandmother, and it's a little clear plastic thing with a little bitty dot in the middle of it. Mustard seeds aren't very big. In fact, another place in the Bible, it says something about they're the smallest of all seeds. Uh, I don't think they really are, but they're pretty small. And so Jesus said to him, if you got faith like a mustard seed. So that makes us think, what big faith, little faith. Have you got big faith or have you got little faith or what kind of faith do you have or how much do you have and all that? I think all Jesus was saying here is it doesn't take a whole lot. It just takes faith. See, what faith is about is not about how much you have or how little you have and all that. Hopefully faith grows through our lives, but it's not about that. The object of faith is God. And he goes on, he says, with God, nothing's impossible. If you have faith that God can do it, if you have faith that God will do it, then you can move mountains. Your faith doesn't have to be huge. You just got to have faith about what you're asking for, what you're talking about then, what you're dealing with. If you have faith like a mustard seed. Now let's take another one, verse that kind of ties to that in some way. Matthew chapter 13, verse 31 through 32. Jesus is talking about the kingdom of God, the, the church, the, his body, all of that. And he says it's like a lot of things. But in those two verses, verse 31 and 32, he says the kingdom is like a mustard seed. Now, he's not talking about faith anymore, but he brings this mustard seed thing into it. So let's look at it and see if we can get this formula figured out. Kingdom's like a mustard seed. He goes on and explains it. He said a mustard seed is a little bitty bitty, but if you plant it, it will grow into a huge tree or bush uh, that birds can make nests in. And mustard 
bushes in Palestine were big, big bushes. They got up to 15 feet high, I read. And birds made nests in them. And that all started with a little bitty seed. Now, of course, what he's saying there, and you look at the other uh, parables that he tells about the kingdom, is the kingdom spreads, the kingdom grows, God makes it grow if we just plant a little bitty seed. It's like a mustard seed. It just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. All right, let's go to the fourth verse in our lesson here and see if we can finish this up. Hebrews 11 defines faith. We already learned faith like a mustard seed. Seed time and harvest always work. Kingdoms like a mustard seed. Now we're going to get faith defined a little bit better for us. And in verse 1 of Hebrews 11, the writer of Hebrews says, Faith, here's what faith is. Faith is being sure of what you hope for and certain of what you do not see. Faith is being sure of what you hope for and certain of what you don't see. Now, we understand this in the physical world. When the farmer plants a seed, he's certain that he hopes he has a good harvest. He's got faith that he's going to have a good harvest. He doesn't see it yet, and it may not come in because of the weather and all of that, but he's planting in faith of something that he can't see yet. It's what faith is. And all through the Bible, we got examples of faith. Jesus had a few where he talked about big faith and little faith and all of that. Matthew chapter 8, there's a great story about a centurion. Remember that? A centurion's got a servant that's really sick. And so he goes to Jesus and he says, Jesus, my servant's sick. He said, would you heal him? And Jesus said, yeah, okay, I'll come to your house and let's go. And he started off walking, and the centurion said, whoa, whoa, hold it. You don't need to go to the house. He said, I understand authority. He said, I'm a centurion. If I tell somebody, go someplace, they go. They do what I tell them. And I know who you are. you got authority. So all you got to do is just say, servant, be healed. And he'll be healed. Remember what Jesus said about that? Wow. He said, wow, I hadn't seen this kind of faith in all of Israel. This centurion was confident of what he hadn't seen yet. He was certain of what he hoped for. He was so certain, he told Jesus, you don't even need to go to the house. Just say it, it'll be all right. Jesus said, that's great faith. Another good story is in Mark 9. A boy had a demon. And it was giving him seizures and he was throwing him into the fire and all sorts of things. And his father came to Jesus and said, here's the problem. He explained it all to Jesus. He showed him the boy and all that. And then he said this. He said, if you can do anything, would you help us? If you can do anything about this, would you help us? Have some compassion on us. Jesus had an unusual response for Jesus. Jesus said, 
If you can. I'd like, I wish we had audio tapes. I'd like to know what tone he said that in. If you can. I don't know how he said it, but he said, if you can, all things are possible for him who believes. See what he did? He went right back to the, he said, if you believe, the problem's not on my end. It's not if I can do anything. It's if you believe. All things are possible for those who believe. And the fellow got the lesson. Another classic response. He said, I do believe, but man, help my unbelief. I do believe. I believe and I came to ask you, but help me with my unbelief. That ought to be one of our prayers occasionally, I think. It's about the belief. If you have faith like a mustard seed, you can move mountains. If you plant that seed of faith, you're going to have a harvest. It's being sure of what you hope for. It's being certain of what you don't see. Now, after the writer of Hebrews gives that definition, he spends the rest of the chapter working problems for us. He says, here's what it means. And he tells story after story. He goes through Abel and Abraham and Moses and Gideon and Barak and David and Samuel and on and on. He says, they believed God. And they did this. And here's what happened. They believed God. They did this because they believed. And here's what happened. And he just works through all of those. And he tells us, he says, some of them never saw what they had faith in. They, they, they didn't live long enough to see it here. But their faith was exhibited and accounted for righteousness because they believed that God could do it. They did something that showed they believed it. And here's what God did. Okay, now if we got all those verses together, and actually if we just read Hebrews 11, it ought to be enough for us because, you know, pretty good stories there about faith. But we hear them so often, we, th- we think sometimes that they're just kind of Bible characters, you know, it's almost like they're fictional or something, and we, we get so used to it that we don't think through it that well, this really happened. This guy really did leave his country. This guy really did do this. This guy really did trust God. So I want to close with an illustration, a problem, if you will, and work through it with you and try to put all these verses together, how seed time and harvest always works, how it especially works in the kingdom, how the kingdom's like that. When a little bitty seed, like a mustard seed, is planted, God can make great things out of it. And if you have faith, even just a little bit, you can do great things. Great things can happen. So let's work through an illustration. Now, the illustration that I picked, uh, I picked for a couple of reasons. I picked the Know Your Bible ministry. Now, the reason I picked that, first reason I picked that, 
is because today is the 30th anniversary of Know Your Bible's first broadcast. This weekend, anyway. Could I have that first slide up there? There we go. Uh, 30 years. Now, we'll go through some details as we go here, but uh, the second reason I picked it, not just because it's 30 years, but we got so many new people that they have no idea of the history of Know Your Bible. And since it's 30th anniversary, I thought some of you need to know the history of Know Your Bible because it illustrates exactly what we've been talking about, I think, all of those verses put together. Uh, our first broadcast was July the 13th, 1986. We had had a Know Your Bible Sunday a couple of months before uh, when we first found out that we had some TV time available. Uh, we had that first Sunday, and today, 30 years later, we've broadcast 1,468 programs on KSN Network in Kansas. Um, the seed of this ministry. The seed of this ministry is what we want to talk about first. Now, back then, things were a little different at Northside. We had four elders, sort of the uh, seven that we've got now, uh, Claude Brazel, Marvin Casebolt, Hoyt Mock, and Wayne Williams. Wayne's the only one that's uh, still with us. Wayne was the original seed finder of Know Your Bible. I sometimes call him the godfather of Know Your Bible because he's the one that came up with the idea. He saw it in another state and brought it back and said, we got to try this. Uh, Wayne's 96 now, and he's still promoting Know Your Bible. Uh, he still believes it's the greatest thing going. He looks just a little bit older than that picture, but not a whole lot. He's still doing pretty well. Uh, things were different, like I said. Uh, we worshiped in this building over at 20th and Jackson, an educational building next to it. Many of you have never even seen that or been there. Uh, the inside of it was a little smaller than this. We had somewhere around 250 probably back in 1986. Didn't check the exact numbers, but somewhere around there. Now, those 250 people and those four elders heard an idea. This is the seed. They heard an idea that if we would spend quite a bit of money and invest in a TV program and learn how to do a TV program and everything else involved with it, we would see a harvest. That was the seed. Now, we couldn't see the harvest. We didn't know what was going to happen for sure. We hoped that there would be a harvest. Not only couldn't we see the harvest, we couldn't see how this would really work. We didn't see how we could find enough money to do this. Bear in mind, this was a lot smaller group of people. Money was different back then. The money that we needed just to get through the first year is Probably in today's dollars, we're pretty close to like a quarter million dollars or something. You know, so on that May Sunday, when we found out we had TV time and a few people had this vision of a harvest, I actually got up in front of those 250 people and said, if you'll give us a 
quarter of a million dollars in today's dollars, uh, we'll start this TV program. What will happen? We don't know. What do we hope happens? We hope the kingdom spreads. That's what we hope. But we haven't seen it yet. There was a lot of concern over this now, folks. This was not a done deal, easy, okay, sounds good, let's do it. We had some pretty serious discussions. I remember one meeting where we invited anybody that had anything they wanted to say, come, and it was about 50-50. About half the folks said, man, that's a lot of money. We need to go raise that money. We need to go ask the people, other churches in Kansas, to give us money. Once we got the money, then we might try this. Um, There was a lot of that kind of discussion. But at the end of all of that, those four elders said, we're going to sign the contract. We're going to plant this little mustard seed. We're going to sign a contract. And we believe that God will grow the kingdom. Can't see it yet. But we think that's going to happen. That's what we hope for. So let's plant this seed. May I stood up and asked people for commitments and pledges. And they responded unbelievably. They pledged sacrificially. And we got enough money to start the first year, and people have been giving enough ever since to, to keep us on the air. Now, that was kind of the seed. Well, that was the seed that got planted. Now, what's the harvest? And I just picked a few old pictures out here, mainly because I like to let you laugh at old pictures. But I, I <laughs> picked a few to kind of show you what's happened since that seed was planted. Okay. Ten years later, we broke ground right here. Now, in 1986, we didn't see that coming. That, well, that was not in our head. That, that was not part of the plan. We just thought if we planted this little mustard seed of faith, the kingdom will grow. Well, Ten years later, we broke ground here. We built this building. We built it big enough to hold about 80% of you folks. And a few years later, we said, man, this has got to be bigger. So we built it bigger so you folks could come out here in these corners. They didn't used to be there. You know what? We didn't see that coming. We didn't see that as being a harvest from the little seed we were planting. When we started, there were three of us, me and my father, Lewis, and David Lawrence. Many of you were around then and know that. We figured we could figure out how to do this somehow and make the program work. Uh, After just a few shows, David went away. We didn't see that coming. He got an offer to go be a professor at Lipscomb, and off he went. God used that and brought Bill Oakley here. We didn't see that coming. But it happened. 
And Bill and I have been a blessing to this congregation since. They've helped this part of the kingdom grow. Somehow all of us got a little bit older as we went through the 30 years. And then Dad left us and Toby stepped into that spot. You might notice the sets keep changing here too over the years. And then Bill decided that he was of an age to slow down a little bit, so he left me and Toby alone, and we're carrying on, because I guess he's irreplaceable is the only answer. But we're carrying on and kind of like it and think we're doing all right. Uh, The seed, you see, all of those things, we didn't see that coming. We started out with people volunteering to do things, We had to have people answer phones and grade correspondence courses, and Lindy and Ginger started doing that, and lots of other people have done that since. When we started, we were so excited about the calls we got from a few places in Kansas. We thought this is a big deal, so we made a map of it and kept track of where they all came from. We don't keep track anymore. Because the calls really don't come that much anymore. It comes through the Internet. This may surprise you, but in 1986, we didn't see that coming. (laughs) We didn't really plan that far ahead and think that, you know, we will get correspondence course requests from basically all 50 states and foreign countries all around the world. Well, that's what we do now. We've got students everywhere. See, what we saw, well, there's a few places in Kansas that the kingdom can reach. It's all over now. It's everywhere. We didn't see that we'd expand to Springfield, Missouri and partner up with the Watermill Church of Christ there. We didn't know that after that we would expand to Rock Island, Illinois, and Burlington, Iowa Church would partner with us. We didn't see that a few years ago we would go into the Sioux Falls, South Dakota market. We didn't see that all the things that we knew were happening at Northside would someday happen with this little group of people in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. It was really a mission field up there, folks. And they are going through the same things we did of grading correspondence courses and answering phones and dealing with the people that go through the program, all of that. And they have an attitude about it, kind of like we did back in 1986 and thereabouts. These are some of the men up in... Uh, Sioux Falls area, the gentleman I'm talking to there with the white beard is the, uh, Jim Mettenbrink. He's a preacher in Brookings, South Dakota, one of the longest-serving preachers in the South Dakota mission field. Uh, preaches in a little church in Brookings, South Dakota. And his excitement about Know Your Bible is unbelievable. He spends whatever money he can get his hands on to put ads on the paper and other things there to get people to watch it. And they have people visit because they watch Know Your Bible. That's a big deal in Brookings, South Dakota. 
We didn't see that coming. We didn't know that branch on this 15-foot-tall bush was going to be there. All we did was plant the seed. This is a picture of most of the congregation that came when I was, Toby and I were up there and wanted to learn how to grade and how to answer phones and how to participate in this. Wasn't part of our plan, but it's happening. Some of you may notice when you come in, there's a picture out in the lobby, hangs in front of our Know Your Bible graders room, and the picture is a famous picture of the reapers, but the caption under it is Matthew chapter 9, the harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore, the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. We put that out there because those that walk into that room to pick up their lessons and all that are some of the laborers that are working for the Lord of the harvest. One of my favorite pictures of one of our harvests is Luis up in Burlington, Iowa. Last time I was up there, I got to meet him and visit with him. He just sat down one day and started watching Know Your Bible. Raised in a completely different religious background. Watched that and heard the Bible and the gospel seed was planted in good soil. And it took root. Luis started taking the correspondence course and later his wife and he was baptized. and member there in Burlington. We didn't see that coming. They just planted a little mustard seed. Had no idea who Luis was. And that happens over and over and over. Got an email just a few weeks ago from a lady named Glenda. And for all I know, she might be here this morning. I haven't met her, but she intimated that she might come visit in July. Let me just read you this email. Steve and Toby, first let me thank you both for your work on the TV program, Know Your Bible. Uh, I would watch and learn on Sunday mornings with a longing to understand the Word of God. As I watched and listened to the two of you, I told my husband, I think I want to go to a church of Christ. We were non-attending members of a certain Baptist church. We're now attending Phillipsburg Church of Christ here in southwest Missouri and are so happy. I'm currently reading a book our young preacher gave me called Muscle and a Shovel. I'm planning to be baptized soon in the Bible-directed way. Also, my husband has told me he would drive us to your church to hear you both preach. Could you give me a date in July when you both will be preaching? No, we couldn't. <laughs> but we communicated that to her, and I don't know if she's here or not. I hope she and her husband make it sometime in July. I'd like to meet Glenda. 1986, we didn't know about Glenda in southwest Missouri. We didn't know she was going to be a leaf on a branch of a big mustard plant someday. But you go back to the formula, and God says, seed time and harvest always works. 
You plant a seed, even if it's a little, like a mustard seed, and I'll bless it. I'll make it grow. And he said, and the kingdom's like that. It doesn't take much for me to make something big in the kingdom. I didn't even get close to mentioning all the things that I think happen around here, have happened around here. The, the mission works we do, the youth program we have, the Celebrate Recovery, all the things that were made possible because somebody had enough faith to plant a mustard seed. Now, we've seen some problem, we've seen some formulas, we've worked some one problem. Question is, can you apply that now? Is that going to be handy for you? To know how this works. Think of what you need to harvest. What you'd like to harvest. Have you planted that seed? You know, you got to plant that seed in faith. What have you done in faith to allow God to make things grow? If you sit around and say, this is what I hope for, this is what I want, and you don't believe that he can ever have it, and you never do anything because you believe, he can't bless it. Seed time comes before harvest. I hope that you've learned this morning that not only is that a principle, it's a promise. And not only is it a principle and a promise, but it's a powerful promise. It works even when you don't see it coming. If you have faith like a mustard seed, plant it today for whatever harvest you have in mind. If you need to become part of the kingdom today, the kingdom continues to grow where the gospel seed is planted, and maybe you've heard the gospel of Christ and want to become part of his kingdom today. If you do or if you have some need of this family, we're going to invite you to come. Let's stand and sing.